Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lost in the wilderness of music? Well, you're in luck. The Prog Squatch is here to help you find your way to great prog music. This is Prog Watch. And here he is, your hairy host, Big Tony Rousick. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. Hello. Zdravstvoy. Buenos dias. Guten tag. Bonjour. Konnichiwa. However you say it, welcome, my friends, to Prague Watch. I am your friend and host, Big Tony, and I've got a wonderful interview program lined up for you this week. My special guest is Simon Godfrey, an all-around nice guy and talented individual who is always fun to talk to. Simon is an expat Brit who left his home country for love and now lives in the Philadelphia area of the U.S., across the great state of Pennsylvania, from your old pal the Prog Squatch. He is the brother of Jem Godfrey, who is a music producer and founding member of the prog rock band Frost. I spoke to Simon way back in episode 304, and he's been so busy in the intervening years that I thought we should catch up. In that time, he has put out a Shineback EP, a Valdez album, and has just released a great new Shineback album called Dial. In addition, there have been some Black Bag archive releases, and an album of electronic and ambient music he did with his brother Jem. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Simon and I will cover much of this and more in the chat. Before we get into the great new Shineback material, I figured we would start off with a refresher on some of his past projects. Simon first came to prominence with his band Tiny Fish in 2006. So let's start with that band. From the final Tiny Fish album, The Big Red Spark in 2010, this is Bad Weather Road. Bad Weather Road. 
Bad Weather Road from Simon Godfrey and Tiny Fish from the Big Red Spark album back in 2010. A few years later, Simon put out the first Shineback album called Rise Up Forgotten, Return Destroyed. And what an album that was. From it, let's take a listen to Bedlam Days. Once again, the keeper of the book is ready to open the ponderous volume in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. The past, the present, and the future.
Bedlam Days by Simon Godfrey's Shineback Project from the first album Rise Up Forgotten Return Destroyed in 2013. Now let's listen to part of my chat with Simon. Yeah, but I guess we'll shift gears into music here. Since we last spoke, you released a Shineback EP called Minotaur, a Valdez album called This, and now yes. we're on the lead up to the release of another Shineback album called Dial. Yes. Yes. So uh, it's been a busy time. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about Valdez for a minute? Sure, yeah, by yeah. all means. What do you want to know? So, uh, yeah, can you tell us how the band came about and fill us in a little on your connection to Tom Hyatt and Brett Cull of the band Echolin? Yeah, it's um, that was almost purely by chance, actually. Um, <clears throat> I was at a a comedy club here in, in Philadelphia with, uh, with my wife, and we bumped into Tom Hyatt um, of the bass player of Echolin, <clears throat> and he um, – we just got chatting. Um, then we invited him back to our, our apartment and Tom and I just talked and talked and talked until the small hours. And, um, we got on so well, we decided to, I think it was like the, <clears throat> I think the following night or the night after to go down and, and just jam at a, at an open mic night. And we got on so well as, as like musicians as well. We thought this is great. So, we kind of figured that we would start a band. I said, I've got a whole load of songs which we want to try them out. And he said, great. Uh, it took us about seven or eight months really to find the whole band, but we eventually got uh, a gentleman called Joe Cardillo on keyboards mm-hmm. and a drummer called Scott Miller. And that really has been the lineup pretty much since today. So uh, how about Brett, I guess, through Tom? Yeah, absolutely. And Brett was the guy that produced the first album, right? <clears throat> or should I say, the debut album by by Valdez. And I will have to, I have to say to you, that was by far. I mean, I've recorded quite a few albums over my over my career, but that was one of the my favourite times in the studio. Um, Travelling up to um, a studio called Catapult Sound in uh, in a place called North Wales, just outside Philly, um, and we worked with. Um, uh, Brett for about three months recording, tracking and uh, mixing and mastering everything, uh, and it came out incredibly well. And um, Brett's just a—he's a, a, a consummate musician. I think he lives and breathes uh, music every day of his life, and uh, he is one of the the guys that I think is most in touch with music that I've ever encountered. He's a real um, gentle kind and intuitive soul um who really has a a a real flair and a talent for for bringing the best out in other musicians that's great that's what you want in a producer i guess Uh, kind of ironic (laughs) ironic that you recorded your album in the united states in north wales (laughs) i know (laughs) (laughs) uh so anyway valdez seemed like it was a bit of a departure compared to tiny fish and shineback was that the result of the band chemistry and writing partnerships, or was it a deliberate move toward, you know, maybe shorter, trying maybe more commercial songs? A little bit. Um, I've always been fascinated since, uh, uh, since I was young, actually with, with, with sort of like the art rock movement, um, bands like Bebop Deluxe, 10 CC, uh, you, you know, sort of, um, super tramp, that kind of sort of stuff, which has, progressive elements but it's very song based and i've always really loved that the electric light orchestra is another mm-hmm. uh, a great especially in the early days they were oh, a great, great. Art band. yeah all great um, stuff 
Funnily enough, I actually saw ELO a couple of days ago at uh, the uh, the Wells Fargo Centre here, which was uh, which that was a real thrill. Oh, for that me. was one of the last shows on the tour, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was a, an amazing show, a really amazing show. Um, but yeah, Valdez is very much more in that kind of uh, fold. I I, I love uh, uh, progressive rock, but as you say, there's a chemistry that comes together between. Uh, musicians and we just gravitated towards the more song-based material. We have a couple of longer songs uh, in the set, uh, but uh, really, if I'm being really honest with you, it's that art rock <clears throat> sort of psychedelic latter era Beatles stuff, which we, Valdez is really about. Yeah, nothing wrong with the Beatles. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> That's the band at first, uh, really resonated with me i guess got me into music yeah. in a big way whenever i was about i don't know 13 or 14. it's a very interesting experience everybody sort of like has their their story about the very first time they they heard the beatles or they heard sergeant pepper or, or they heard revolver whatever their gateway album is yeah, gateway. <laughs> yeah. and uh and it was uh it's it's a fascinating uh subject i mean i could talk for hours about the beatles but let's face it um, everybody has uh, everybody can probably talk for hours about the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I saw on a post recently on social media, you were talking about having writer's block a while back. When when did that occur in in the whole timeline here? And can you talk a little about how you quote got your mojo back, so to speak? Yeah, it's that was quite a while back now. Actually, it was um, back even before the. The Tiny Fish days, actually, before I I, I helped form Tiny Fish. Oh, I um, thought it was after. No, yeah. no, it okay. was a little bit. It was a little bit before that. I was I was working, and I'd found some reasonable success in the UK uh, playing uh, acoustic music. And there was a big upsurge around about the turn of the millennium of, of, of acoustic bands in the UK. And I was lucky enough to find uh, be in a band that, that that found a certain amount of success called Men Are Dead. Um, and I came out of that. Um, uh, that sort of uh, area of music, uh, and was looking to do something a little bit more progressive, uh, stretch my writing chops a little bit and my and my fingers. But um, uh, I, 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 there, there was a, a a death in the family, and uh, and I, I, it was a strange thing that um, that what actually happened was that um, I found myself. Uh, grieving in a very unusual way in, in the fact that I actually had writer's block. I couldn't write a thing. Mm. And uh, and it was just around, just before the start of, of Tiny Fish, basically. And, uh, and I spent six months, six to eight months, just being completely unable to write anything wow. whatsoever. Um, and, but the, the, I, I've, it's the one and only epiphany I've ever had in my entire life was <clears throat> I bought a book I thought that, okay, well, I can't make music. I will write about it instead. So I started doing research into the kind of bits of music that I really liked. And I bought this book uh, called uh, The Ambient Century, which is a, a book about the development of, of ambient music, all the way from sort of uh, Eric Satie all the way up to Moby and, and, uh, and beyond, really, Eric, uh, Brian Eno and beyond. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I read this book. And I was reading in this book um, about how uh, Brian Eno puts together his his, uh, his tracks, and and he touched upon something which really hit home to me, which was harmony, which is which is the use of. I I, I, I had 
no real idea that uh, that you know at that point as, as an inexperienced writer that harmony and melody were inextricably linked with one another and this book provided that bridge and from that moment on i've never ever had a day where i couldn't be creative um and so uh, yeah it was it was shortly after that that i i formed tiny fish so if it hadn't been for that book maybe there would have been no tiny fish hmm. that's interesting I do a little bit of music too. And uh, I mean, I've had periods where I just laid off, but uh, yeah, sometimes it's interesting that stuff just like kind of flows out of you. And other times it's a lot more difficult. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Ever since that day, <clears throat> I've never had any problem writing music. It's, it's something I don't, I, I've, I've, I, I, it, it's the closest I can say that I have to a gift, which is I'm incredibly prolific. I actually have, one of the things which uh, I don't mention that much is um, I have a, another series of, of, of uh, albums, EPs. The Black and, Bags. And called the Black Bag yeah. Archive. And these literally are the uh, the recordings that never found a home anywhere else. And so I release normally one of those a year. So I'm, I'm pretty much and, and have been releasing two albums a year for the last three years um, uh, on and off. Uh, this is the, the Black Bag Archive is – much more of a low-key affair that's an online thing only you can just you can download it um but there is talk about us uh um releasing a cd of the best of those recordings uh and i literally do i have hundreds of hours of of, of music sitting on tapes and hard drives and cds you name it and um every sort of like six to eight months after i between projects I delve into those and pull a few out to actually release through the back black bag archive series. Do you ever uh, come upon it? Something you say, boy, this is really good. Uh, better than I remember. And then you decide to redo it or something. Yeah. On occasion I have actually, um, <clears throat> what I was able to do is, um, uh, for the, I don't know whether or not you saw this recently. I, I started, I tried to get, the, the next Shineback album. The first Shineback album was released in 2013. It was called Rise Up, Forgotten, Return, Destroyed. Right. <clears throat> and I started in 2015 to try and record a follow-up. And uh, I wrote five tracks, and none of them were working. I couldn't quite understand why. And, and every time I listen, listened to them, the, sort of this creeping anxiety just welled up inside me because I really didn't understand why I wasn't connecting with uh, the songs. No, no, no? Well, it's, it's slightly related to that, yes. Um, and so I let it go. I just said, okay, well, that's obviously not working. And I dived headfirst into Valdez and spent the next year or two <clears throat> just writing songs for Valdez, and that worked fine. And then it came round to uh, a, uh, a charity ride that I do each year for the Multiple Sclerosis Society, and I ride with my wife <clears throat> from uh, Philly all the way out to the Jersey Shore, you know, raising money for uh, for MS sufferers. Cool. And uh, the way I raise money is I often release uh, an album uh, or at least a few songs that people can buy, and that goes towards the things. And I, I thought, well, I'll release these five tracks. They're not particularly great, but maybe I'll get some money for, for the charity. So I listen to them again. And, and every, when I listened to them that time, I realized what it was that was wrong about them. And it was because they sounded exactly like the first album. And, I, you know, right, almost right down to the sort of same sort of like tools and, and sounds and, and arrangements. And once I knew that, I knew exactly how to remix and redo those tracks. And all of a sudden, 
that was when I had the uh, the tracks for Minotaur. And uh, that was, I I released four tracks on that EP in 2017 and kept one of those tracks back for the the new album Dial, which will be released this year in September. Okay, so it didn't appear on on the EP? No, this track is actually, I kept this one back and used it almost as a blueprint for the rest of the album, actually. That that is a track called The Gentleman. Okay. Um, and uh, <clears throat> that track pretty much sits at the center of the uh, of the album, sort of like holding it together, really. It's the backbone upon which everything else is, is uh, was built uh, when I wrote that second album. Don't go anywhere. Prague Watch will be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before the break, Simon and I were talking in that last segment about his other band, Valdez. So let's hear one from their debut album called This. In fact, this is This, the title track of the album.
This by Simon Godfrey's band Valdez from their debut album called This in 2017. Now let's move on to something from the 2017 Shineback EP called Minotaur. A little song called Safe as Houses.
Safe as Houses from the Shineback EP entitled Minotaur. Now let's carry on with more of my chat with Simon. So you touched on uh, like Brian Eno and ambient music. You did an album with your brother, Jem. Uh, yes. That was pretty interesting. I played some of that on 101 Dimensions, the other program that I often, uh, well, I'm part of the rotating cast of curators, I guess, um, <laughs> <laughs> which means I do it every third week. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you uh, you played it. That's a that's an album which is is very dear to my heart, and is probably the most storied album of all of the records that I produced because <clears throat> it literally is uh, almost 20 years old. Wow. Um, we recorded it back in the early 2000s, and it was it was it was before either of us had found any kind of success in music. Um, <clears throat> maybe even late. 1999 98 actually now i think about it um and what had happened was we had we had we had started started exchanging songs with one another um <clears throat> just as a sort of like an idea to sort of like i don't know whether or not you've ever seen that child's game where you draw the shoes you fold the piece of paper over and then someone draws the body and and then someone else draws the head and someone else draws and then you unfold the entire thing and you've got this monstrosity mm-hmm. sort of like made up of several different people's visions of what a body should look like and we loved this game as kids and we decided we'd do it musically uh, by sending demos to one another or actually no what we actually did is that we we had six questions um uh, which we posed was like why what where when how right. who that kind of sort of stuff and we each wrote six songs based upon these things without letting the other person see them to see if we could if, if they would fit together as an album and uh, we listened to it and we, we we heard all all 12 tracks and it was brilliant it was absolutely fantastic but we had no we didn't know anybody back in the ni- late 90s early 2000s we were just starting out and so there was no record company that was interested so we just shelved it 
And uh, and as the years went by, we kept talking about it, but didn't do anything with it. Um, and eventually, um, uh, the computer which I had it on the hard drive failed, so we lost all the files. <laughs> so we thought to ourselves, okay, well, it was never meant to be, well, you know, and we just forgot about it. And I always felt a bit disappointed about about losing that, but you know, what can you do if if that's the way it works? That's the way it works. Um, and then I moved, when I moved to the U S I took some of my stuff with me on the plane, but the vast majority of all of my stuff, I put in a container and then sent it across on a, on a ship. And that all turned up about nine months after I'd been living here and I'm going through all of the stuff. Uh, and I find a CD that had been given to me by my long-term co-writer, a guy called Rob Ramsey, who I still write mm -hmm. with today. Um, and, uh, and it just had the word, it had the letter six on it. So I put it into the computer and lo and behold, there were the session files. I'd done a backup and given it to him and not even realized that nice. uh, I'd forgotten about it. So there they, there the album was again. So I decided what I do. I contacted Jim and I said, look, I've uh, much like the, uh, the Minotaur, uh, album, uh, we uh, we're both big fans of a of a, a guy called Tim Smith who was in a band called Cardiacs. Sure. And um, Tim uh, is I, I, I and I used I don't like to use this word very much, but he genuinely is a genius. He uh, started this band back in the uh, mid eighties, early eighties, maybe even earlier than that. But um, Cardiacs sound unlike any other band I've ever heard, they're sort of like, if you can imagine a horror version of, of Genesis and Devo put together. <laughs> I'm familiar with them. I am, um, but maybe yeah. some of the listeners aren't. And that's an interesting description. <laughs> yeah. And it, they, they really are a very strange band, but stay, um, but, uh, Jim and I were absolutely smitten with them as, as youngsters, very, very heavily influenced by, uh, by Tim Smith and Cardiacs and Tim, uh, Tim fell ill. Um, uh, just start around about, I think, 2012, 2013, right. very badly ill. He had a heart attack, yeah. and, and from complications arising from that heart attack, he is now completely unable to move, or at least his his, his movement is severely restricted. And so there was a big um, drive very recently to try and raise some funds to help him um, return to some level of normality. And what started out as a fundraiser for twenty thousand um, pounds, twenty thousand pounds, I think in the end topped out at a hundred thousand pounds. Wow! Um, that's how much sort of like his fans and, and those that, that, that admire him love him. And so, Jim and I decided that what we would do is we would I would mix all of these tracks that we had had all from all those years ago and re-release them, and all the profits go to Tim's charity. Um, and, um, it's, uh, it, it's one of those albums, which is both very personal for me because, um, it shows myself and my brother really at the start of our songwriting career, but with some really interesting ideas before we got stuck in and into our sort of like comfort zones, if you know what I mean. So we were mm -hmm. reaching into areas we wouldn't normally reach into. And it also was releasing an album for, uh, help to help an artist that both he and I absolutely love and, and deeply respect and admire. Um, and it went down very well with people. It sold uh, quite a few copies, so we were we were very happy to uh, to 
contribute um, a certain amount of, uh, of that £100,000 uh, uh, towards Tim's rehabilitation fund. That's fantastic, yeah. So are you uh, – do you still talk to Jem a lot or – well, I suppose I, I talk to Jim in the same way that anybody who, if you move in country, it tends to be mostly by email and occasionally by Skype. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so it's I, it, the worst part of it is that uh, that you, you know, I'm, I'm separated by five hours from my old life, really, and including my family. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we do chat on occasion. That's good. Before we take another break for station identification, unless you are a patron of the Progressive Arts, that is. Let's do one more song. This one comes from the new Shineback album called Dial, and it is Consider Her Ways. Thank you. 
Consider Her Ways from the new Shineback album, Dial. After the break, we will hear more about the making of the album and hear much more of the music from it, so don't go anywhere. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. The final may be gone. The album art may be a JPEG. Radio lives on forever. I really like the new Shineback album. I was just listening again last night. That's about the third time I listened to it since uh, okay. David made That's it cool. available. Um, yeah, I like to do my homework, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of great progressive moments, great keyboards, great guitar work. Can you talk about the writing of the new material and your guests, artists, and uh, how they may have helped shape the material? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the... The whole point of Shineback, and the one of the reasons why it's called Shineback, is that um, it was a, uh, one of the things which I always try and do as a writer is confound my own expectations. I try and surprise myself, um, and one of the ways that I do that, um, for example, the Six Questions, Twelve Answers album is, is one method of doing it. The other method I decided uh, would be to collaborate with other artists. I would write the songs and then I would ask them to guest and ask them to play a little bit over the, the material in the hope that that would then send it off in a direction which I had not expected it would go. Mm -hmm. And I'll be really honest with you, it's almost been entirely successful in, uh, under both albums and the EP. Um, I, I, I've called in a number of, um, of guests from the first album um, and uh, there's a, a number of new guests as well. Um, we have on this current album, we have returning alumni, uh, Shineback alumni, um, Matt Stevens from a band called The Fierce and the Dead. Sure, I've played The Fierce and the Dead before, yeah. They are, they are an awesome band. It's sort of like this big sort of psychedelic mass of anger, I suppose is the best <laughs> way to describe them. They and But, you know, really, really clever. They can go from these big these tiny droplets of beauty to these great big slabs of, of, of roaring guitars. And it's, it's one of the things, and they're an instrumental band, but they, their guitars almost do all the singing. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're a really good band. Yep. Um, we had, uh, Deck Burke, who, uh, was originally in, uh, a, 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 in, in Frost and also in a band called, uh, Audio Plastic and is, is, is also a solo artist in his own right. Mm -hmm. He is a, phenomenal guitarist a really phenomenal guitarist and a lovely bloke as well um i used to play many a, a show um with uh his first band darwin's radio um and we um we would sort of share stages and hang around backstage and just basically be adolescents really if, if i'm being really honest with you uh, <laughs> it was a it was that was a lot of fun. We uh, and and one of uh, Dex's friends um, and in his solo band, a guy called Hal Bennett, who is another great guitarist. Um, he also appears on the album, um, and of course, uh, my long-term co-writer Rob Ramsey Rob does Ramsey, a, a yeah. spoken word piece on uh, on a track called um, "Here I Am," which uh, uh, I sort of like said. And this is one of the great things about Robert. You can kind of give him a brief and he'll come back with something which is just so much better than you thought it was going to be. And I said, can you write a spoken word piece about the last few seconds of a person's life? And uh, and that's exactly what that track is all about. Yeah. It's all about 
what it's like to be inside the head of someone who is who is effectively dying, really, and, uh, and how they perceive it. And um, yeah, heavy. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a chilling, chilling. It is, uh, yeah. Of, uh, music, actually. That. Yes, and, it is. And that that track also features another good friend of mine, a guy called Tom Slatter. Yeah. It's uh, a sort of like the best way I can describe him is he's like a, a steampunk troubadour. Yeah. And it's like it, my but the best way to describe it is if you can imagine uh, if Nick Cave had joined Gentle Giant, that's that's pretty much his music, really. <laughs> I love your descriptions. <laughs> uh, so he he's a fascinating individual, and uh, he's well worth checking out. Um, and uh, I also managed to get in this time. I, I the last the, the first album I had a, a co-producer uh, called um, Tim Laurie, and Tim sadly wasn't available this time around. So I scouted around and, and met a gentleman called Daniel Zambas, who is in a band called We Are Kin sure. up, in, up in Manchester in the Midlands. Yep. And uh, I've, I've known uh, Daniel for quite a few years now, and I sort of approached him with the idea that, you know, can I bounce some ideas for, off you? And he said, sure, no problem. And uh, he plays keyboards on the album as well. Um, so he's, he was a, a, an integral member of the uh, of, of the production team, I had myself and Daniel and the executive producer, if you will, of the entire project was uh, a, a gentleman called um, David Elliott, who runs uh, Bad Elephant Music, which is the label that I'm sound uh, signed to. You were the first and, album on Bad Elephant. Yes, I know, yeah. and I, I was very, very lucky to sort of like you know, I, I have the uh, distinction of having BEM zero zero one. Yeah, well, they have the, to like thirty uh, something now. Uh, they're up to about 70, actually. Really? Yeah. It's, it's wow, I didn't realize 70, that. 70 albums now that they've released in the uh, in the five years since the uh, since uh, David formed the label. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, but w one of my favorite uh, guests, who I genuinely didn't think uh, was going to be on the album, uh, was, uh, but eventually sort of like, you know, found a bit of time and came down, was, was Ray Weston, of uh, the lead singer of Echolin, who... Uh, plays on a track called Let Her Sleep, which is the heaviest track I've ever written. And and I needed someone who I thought could bring a certain amount of weight with, with regards to the vocals. And uh, it's one thing that, uh, that, that Ray Weston can bring its weight and gravitas to a track. And he was absolutely awesome. I, 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 I can't sort of thank that, that gentleman enough. He's a, uh, He's a lovely, lovely book, and we share a, a, a deep and abiding fandom of, of Thin Lizzy. So whenever he and I talk, you know, come together, we all end, always end up talking about Thin Lizzy because uh, that was the first band I ever saw live. Actually, was Thin Lizzy on the on the final tour back in 1983, and uh, so uh, we we often get talking uh, about that. Um, and the last guest it was. Um, uh, a gentleman called Carl uh, um, Eisenhart who's in a band called Pinnacle. Have you heard of them? Uh, no, I have not. They're a great, they're a great progressive rock band. They're, they're, they're now up near sort of like Bethlehem in in Pennsylvania, and they're they're really worth checking out. I really oh. like those guys. I'm gonna have to look for them. Yeah, they're really really good. And I I Carl, it's again sort of like it comes also comes down to chemistry, and I get on very well with Carl. I met Carl funnily enough actually at a at a, um, a summer picnic hosted by um, Nearfest organiser Chad Hutchinson. And uh, we just got chatting while we were just, you know, just over, over a few beers. And 
we got on very well and uh, and i love his guitar style he's got a very much sort of like there's a there's a sort of rothery-esque kind of quality gilmore-esque quality to his his guitar playing so uh, nice. when the opportunity yeah when the opportunity uh, came for me to uh, to look for a, another guitarist to to round out the, the the final track on the album which is called kill devil hills which is the longest track on the album yeah highlight uh, well, it's it's really a nice piece yeah, and uh, Carl plays that last guitar solo on it, and it just he just makes that guitar sing, and I absolutely, I you know, I adore his playing. So, uh, so yes, we we had a number of uh, of, of significant guests this time around, um, uh, and I I, I, I think the uh, the results speak to it for itself. It, it does. It's a much more guitar oriented album as opposed to the first album, which was much more of a sort of synth album. But there's still plenty of sort of synths and there are, yeah. And, and stuff going on in there but well, i um, did notice a lot of great guitar fireworks going on and at times in this one yeah it must have been matt stevens and carl and I mean, yeah there's some yeah, and deck as well yeah. and and, and uh, the, you know this is i think this time around i just wanted to have a little bit more guitar involved in it and i i mean i that's my first instrument is, is guitar myself but i tend to want to steer clear away from playing guitar for shine back for the simple reason that um as most musicians will tell you uh, they will have uh, a set of chords which their fingers will automatically gravitate to. And mm -hmm. sometimes that can make your song sound, you know, unoriginal or at least too similar to stuff you've done before. Right. So what I try and do is I try and uh, not – I only play keyboards and I, I, I do programming and I play drums. I do all the other instruments, but I never I, – I try never to play guitar on a uh, uh, on a show back album in the hope that it would allow me to reach into areas that I wouldn't normally do if I was just playing the uh, you know the six string I've done that myself it's it's uh, an interesting exercise to yeah sometimes it's just like well you just sit down at a keyboard or whatever and you just write something completely different that you would never even yeah 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 like, and, I, and I never use flat chords when I play guitar I don't know but <laughs> a lot of times in the keyboard stuff you know like a B flat, you know, I just, I don't know why I just don't use that kind of stuff. Huh? I guess yeah. maybe it, it, it had to do with suiting the voices of the people whenever I was formative or whatever, you know, there's always D and A and you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff, <laughs> throw in a few relative minors, but on the, on the keyboard, sometimes I'm, I have a little book that, uh, explains a lot of, uh, chord theory on keyboards so sometimes it's like well what chord is this you know does this have a name and you know you see what notes are in it but you know i never would play that on guitar well, well i tell you growing up uh, both myself and jem were big fans of a duo in the uk called dave stewart and barbara gaskin okay. and if you've not heard of, uh, of 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 that duo they they actually had a, a number one hit in the uk back during the the 80s which was a cover of it's my party is that the guy that was in uh bruford yeah he was in bruford and okay. also in a band called egg okay. as well in the 70s uh and, and if you haven't heard of egg i i heartily recommend you go out and check them out the civil surface is a great album of his but he's one of these guys who does these chords that always sound great when put together but you can never guess what the next chord is going to be and they he was a big influence both on myself and jem and we started developing what we called godfrey chords <laughs> uh, which were um it, we were trying to outdo one another with regards to how we would structure something harmonically uh, it got a bit out there for a while and we had to re 
back in. But uh, that's one of the things which uh, you're, my, both myself and Jem always love it, is if you, you can write a song where you can't guess where it's going next and yet it still hangs together as a song. That really interests both of us. Yeah. Very cool. Let's take a break from the chat and listen to some more music from the new Shineback album, which is called Dial. I'm going to play two tracks back to back. First, we will hear a song called Let Her Sleep, which will be immediately followed by Here I Am, a chilling track with a spoken word piece, which Simon mentioned earlier in the chat.
she's my one and only Again, that was Here I Am, and before that we heard Let Her Sleep, both from the great new Shineback album. Now for the wrap-up of my interview with Simon Godfrey. 
So anyway, in regard to the new music, I mean, is there any chance of playing any of it live or is it more or less just an album project or? I don't know. You see, I first started out thinking, well, this is never, ever going to be able to be played live because I was literally throwing and have been, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at Shineback albums, you know, since since I started in 2013. Uh, so I never, ever thought it would be would be live. And um, and the other side of this is that the one guest that I haven't mentioned who was on both albums is a, a gentleman called... Um, um, Henry Rogers, who is a, a fabulous drummer, he used to be in a band called uh, Touchstone. He's actually in a lot of bands now, but I, he's, he's even playing uh, for mostly Autumn, I think, on occasion now. But um, mm-hmm. he he's an amazing drummer, and, and the big problem here is that if I want if I wanted to, to play it live, I'd want Henry behind the drums, and of course he's all the way over in the UK. Okay. So it's it it would be prohibitively expensive to get a live band together that said you never say never because let's face it I, there were for many years we never ever thought that big big train would ever play live after all of the studio albums they did and here they are now out in the big big wide world right. so i always i always think to myself well maybe if there's a few albums out and the opportunity presents itself where it's not too expensive then maybe yes it will well, you know we might take shine back out live i'd love to do it but uh, the, the the stars would have to be aligned, and the uh, the wallets would have to be uh, significantly deep in mm-hmm. order to uh, to get a lineup together, which I think we could do. Shine back justice live. Yeah, but uh, you you play a lot. You play live a lot with Valdez, right? I do, and I love that. That's why you know that's a completely different beast to um uh, to to to, to uh, shine back. Valdez is one of these things where it's just four guys making music on stage. I mean, I genuinely think that um, whereas Shineback is very much of a, a, a studio entity, Valdez is very much of a live entity. You know, you can hear us on on record, but that really, in my opinion, doesn't represent us as a, as a unit as, as, it, as well as it does if you see us live. Mm-hmm. So I hope you enjoyed listening in on my interview with Simon Godfrey, formerly of Tiny Fish and now with Shineback and Valdez. He is a talented guy whose personality and sense of humor make him fun to follow on social media and great to talk to as well. When I post this show to my website, progwatch.com, that's P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H, all one word, dot com, I will have links where you can find out more about Simon and hopefully support him in his artistic endeavors. I've saved the closing track of the new Shineback album to be our show closer for this week. It's an epic with some great guitar fireworks which Simon and I talked about in the interview. It is called Kill Devil Hills. Until next time, please be good to each other. And prog on, my brothers and sisters. i yeah.
thrown on your face To dreamers dream a dream to fly Caught between the sky and sea
Is only fleeting. 